I believe God put something some on my heart to share today. And, you know, while I was praying, I just felt like, you know, you know I, I, I was asking God, God, like, what should I pray, uh, speak about? And you know, it, it kind of reminds me, like, you know, speak about the, uh, the last thing I told you. And it's like, oh, wow, okay. So today I'm going to talk about the temple that God dwells. And, and it, it's going to be like a foundation, pretty much. Because what God, what God gave me actually is not exactly what I'm going to talk about, but I feel like God put something different on my heart to speak about today. So I'm going to lay the foundation on that. So Father Lord, we thank you so much, Lord. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that you speak through me, Lord. That the word I'm saying, Lord, let it be exactly what you put on my heart to say. And let it, let it come out the way you want your people, Lord, to know today. Thank you. We bless you. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay. So, let's turn to Malachi. Malachi, pray. Um, we start from verse 2, 217 to 3. Okay. So, he said, You have worried the Lord with your words. But you say, How have we worried him? By, by saying, Everyone who... Who does evil is good in the sight of the Lord, and he delights in them. Or by asking, where is the God of justice? Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. And the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? The temple that God was in. Before I start this message, I just want us to watch like a video clip, and I, I will I will share something in light of the clip. So if Mark can start playing the video clip now, I'm hoping. It will. What are these about? These are the tools. 
God doesn't make junk. God doesn't make junk. You are an original masterpiece. God doesn't make junk. You are an original masterpiece. God does not dwell in junk. You are an original masterpiece. You know, God, God is amazing. I mean, we, we know that God is good. God is gracious. There's so many things that God, God is. But there's one thing that, you know, um, you know, the people or the beings that are around God, like they know him better than anyone else. God, those who are closer to him really knows him. And God put like that. The living creatures, if you, um, Isaiah, Isaiah 6 and Revelation 5, the living creatures, like, they go like eyes all over them. I mean, I mean, I believe that, you know, 
two eyes are not enough to gaze upon the magnitude of God, who he is. And therefore, God gives them so many eyes so that they can see who he really, really is. And all that is seeing God, the one thing that comes out is holy, holy, holy. One expression that they give to everything that they see in God, I mean, is holy. There is nothing like him. He is set apart, apart from anything. There is nothing or no one like he is. And he is holy. Look. There's a person that I saw in, in God, like, you know, when God created the world or when, when he made human beings, I mean, I've, I, I just love the way that he... He's so much in love with humans. I mean, in all, all of our scripture, it just, it's like he always wanted to dwell among people. I just sometimes like, wow, I don't get it. It's like, really? Me? Like, God had the heart to, he, he always wanted to dwell with people. Like, we see in creation, when, when he created Adam, he just wanted to be with him, literally. Like, in the Bible, it talks about when, when Adam heard the footsteps of God, you know, which actually represents, like, means that, like, he always comes in the garden and walked with Adam. And I'm amazed about the, the, the way God really just desired to work with, um, among us. I, I don't get it. I just like, wow. It just it fascinates me. And, and one thing I've seen is that whenever God wants to come with, to his people, there, there's always this, there's like a preparation. Or what I call as the divine order. Like God has to put in order before he can come, because of who he is. He is holy. I mean, he does not change. He cannot change. So for him to come and dwell with, on earth, he says, he has to make, he has to prepare it before he will come in his glory. So there, there, this person that I've seen in scripture, like, before God comes or he desires to come to somewhere, he has to prepare the place first or put it in order, and then he, he will reveal his glory. And we, we see that in creation, you know, in the beginning, like, the Bible talks about there was chaos on the earth and the, the spirit was hovering over the, over the water, it says. And then God spoke the word in, in order, pretty much, you know, let there be light, let there be land, sea. So he put everything in order. And after he had put everything in order, when everything is perfect the way he wanted it, he came and he, is, he breathed his life into a human being. And then literally, at the beginning, I think heaven, was, heaven and earth was like one because God was able to walk on earth with Adam. So there's this pattern, and I, I, I want us to, 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 to just get this pattern. The pattern is that before God comes in his glory, he has to prepare, which I call, he has to put a, like a divine order in place, and after that, he comes in his glory and dwells. So I want us to run through some scriptures. We're going to go through the Bible quickly to see this pattern when it happens, and we will start with... Um, with Moses. Let's read Exodus chapter 29. Um, let's read my Bible. Because I've got an NIV Bible, so, and I'm, I'm trying to read it. Yes, you actually I can read from here. It's fine, see. Exodus 
Um, so obviously, in, in, um, in, with Moses, the children of Israel have come out of, out of, um, have come out of, out of Egypt, and God was pretty much brought them to, to a place. And or, according to what he said, he, he, brought them, he brought them to himself, or as we call, to, to the, um, the land flowing with milk and honey, the promised land. But he brought them out of Egypt, and this is what the, the promise that he, he made to them. Um, so this, this was um, his verse to Moses, like, from 46, it says, like, and they shall know that I am the Lord your God, who brought them out of the land of Egypt, that I might dwell among them. I am the Lord their God. So again, the desire of God to dwell among his people. So he brought the people, his people out of Israel so that he would, he would dwell among them. That's the desire of God. And, but again, for that to happen, there's got to be a preparation. For God to come and dwell on, on us, he's holy. We're not. And there's a preparation. And again, the order comes. And we read, next scripture is um, Exodus 25. 25, 8, 9. Um, so let's say 8, 8 and 9. Okay, let me just read. 25, 8, 9. So God asked Moses to build a sanctuary for him. So a sanctuary that will represent his pretty much a place where he can come with them. He can come and meet with them. So he asked Moses to build them centrally. He said, make it that I may dwell in their midst. He said, exactly as I show you concerning the pattern of the tabernacle and all the furniture, and you shall make it. And in verse 40, it talks like it should be exactly as I want it to be. So God gave Moses the exact pattern, and he asked him to do this, like, and see that you make it them after the pattern for them, for which you are being, um, being shown you on the mountain. So he asked him to do exactly as he, he gave Moses. Like, don't, don't do anything according to your own will. And I, I love, like, in Hebrews, it talks about God want Moses to, 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 to build a sanctuary exactly as he wanted it to be. So again, the preparation or the, the divine order, what I mean is that God asked Moses to do something exactly as he wanted because he is going to come. Therefore, he has to be according to what he wanted to do, be. So that is the order. The order is like, prepare it because I'm going to come. And after the preparation, so it talks about Moses did exactly as God did. And let's see what happened, what happened afterwards. So we read um, Exodus 40, 30, 34. So Exodus chapter 30, verse 34. 40, sorry, 34. So after Moses have made, prepare exactly according to the passage that God showed him, this will happen. So then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. Next scripture. For the cloud of the Lord was on the tabernacle by day and by fire in the night, and in the sight of all the house of Israel through all their journey. Pretty much like the glory of the Lord came. I think in verse 38 it talks about even Moses could not enter into the tabernacle. Because the glory of God has come so tangibly. So, when the divine order came, the preparation happened, and then God came. So, before God can come, 
remember, it is his desire to dwell among us. But before he can come, there's got to be a preparation. The divine order should be there. And then after that, he will come. He always does that, and he comes. That's one example. Let's go another. Another example was with, um, with Moses and Solomon. Sorry, with David and Solomon. Do you remember David, right? So David, I mean, that guy was a, amazing. I love David. He has a desire to build a house with God. You know, after, after, after many years, obviously, the, the Israelites were in captivity and everything, and God raised up David to be king over Israel. And after he has won so many battles in terms of he has a peace, it was like, God, I want to build a house where God can dwell in. This is the heart of, heart of David. David was like, I want to build a place where God can dwell among us. And because I, I, how can God live in a tent? You know, and I, I, I live in a house. So that, that was a desire of God. But God was like, sorry, David, you cannot, or you are not going to build a house for me, but rather your son will, will, build, a, will build a house for me because you shed many blood. So that, that was the reason God gave um, David. So David had, had a heart to, to build a house for God. That, and the reason is simply he wants God to come and dwell among them. So, and, but God was like, you, you, you will not do it, but actually I will build you a house. Let's read that instead of me saying that. I'll just read that. Let's read that. Um, so that, I think that was in Second Chronicles, First Chronicles 17. So First Chronicles 17, 10 to 14. So First Chronicles. 17 from 10 to 14 so this is what God speaking see like from the time that I appointed judges over my people Israel and sorry so, yeah I appoint the judge over my people, Israel, and I will subdue all your enemies. Moreover, I declare to you that the Lord will build you a house. Your, your days, when your days are fulfilled to, to work with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring after you, one of your own sons, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for me, and I will establish his throne forever. I will be to him a father, and he will be to me a son. I will not take my steadfast love from him as I took it from, from him who was before you, but I will confirm him in my house and in my kingdom forever, and his throne shall be established forever in accordance with all the way of these words, in accordance with the other vision. Nathan spoke to David. So David wants to build a house for God to dwell in, and God was like, no, you won't do it, but actually, no, I will build you a house. And your offspring will come and build a house. And as we know, Solomon was the one that, that, that inherited the kingdom 
after David. And he did build God a house. But the interesting thing is that, again, that with the person I was talking about, before God comes, remember, the desire of David was to build a God house so that God would dwell in. And for that to happen, there has to be a divine order or a preparation according to God's pattern. And, and that's exactly what happened. Um, we see in, I mean, we don't have to there, but in, in first, sorry, Second Chronicles, God I've got my scripture right here. In, in 1 Chronicles 28, 11 to 12. We are re- I'm, I'm, I just want to say, so say that just, it's not because of my own word, but actually it is, it is the word of God. That's why we read, read a lot of scripture, so mind me about that, sorry. So First Chronicles 28, from 11... Then David gave Solomon his son the plans of the of the vestibule of the temple, and of its houses, its treasuries, its upper rooms, and the inner chambers, and the plan that he, he had in mind for the court of the house of the Lord and all the surrounding chambers. And it goes on for the division, blah blah blah, and so many. But let's let's skip all the way to. Um, sorry, what was I? 19. He says, All this he made clear to me in writing. This was, was it David speaking. All this he made clear to me in writing from the hand of the Lord, all the work to be done according to the plan. <coughs> Which means that God gave the exact plan that is meant to be, of, of how the house is meant to be built. So, it wasn't David's idea of, of the temple. Actually, God gave that plan to him. And he says, as he says here, God gave this plan to me. So God had a, David had a divine plan from God of, of, of exactly how the temple should be like. And that was preparation. And therefore, guess what? They built a temple according to exactly the plan of the Lord. And again, God God came. He desired to work among us. The divine order was, was in place. And in Second Chronicles 7, 1 to 3, God came. So Second Chronicles 7. So as Solomon finished his prayer, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices. And the glory of the Lord filled the temple. And the priest could not enter the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. When all the people of Israel saw the fire came down and the glory of the Lord in the temple, they bowed down with their faces to the ground on the pavement and worshipped and, thang- and gave thanks to the Lord, saying, For his good and his steadfast love endures forever. Same, same here again. I mean, I, I love it because it was exactly the same thing that happened with David and with Moses. You see, when the glory came, 
it was so tangible that, that the priest could not enter the temple because of because the glory of the Lord. Same with Moses. When the glory came, it was so huge that Moses could not enter into the tabernacle because of the glory of the Lord. Divine order, preparation, and after that, the glory comes. God comes. It is the heart of God to walk among us. It's quite amazing. And here we are today. It comes, I mean, we live in a new covenant. When God created man, I, I, I believe that it's like, you know, God is, God is eternal. So he, whatever he does, he does it with the end in mind because of who he is, his eternal being. So when he, when he created Adam in the beginning, he has already in mind what he wanted to do at the end. And in the New Testament, or the, the New Covenant, we see Jesus. I believe what God has always longing for will finally come. I, I, I love what Galatians chapter 4 talks about. Galatians 4, 4 says, you see, at a point in time, so Galatians 4, 4 says, but, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law. I don't want to read on, but at the appointed time, at the right time, God sent Jesus Christ. And what did he come to do? I believe the same person that was before, like, God has always longed to dwell among his people. That is his passion. And I believe it's his passion even that prompted him to create the, the earth as we see it. He has always longed to do that. And when, when he sent Son Jesus Christ, we, we, we all know this very well, he died on the cross. And the death was a preparation. The preparation for him to come and dwell. Not just among us, but actually in us. Jesus was a divine order. Jesus was a preparation. He, he died on the cross, bled and died so that make it possible for God to dwell in us. Divine order, divine order came up and then the glory came. And the glory came, as we know, in Acts 2, right? just after Jesus has resurrected, when he has finished his tax, actually the glory came and fell. As we know, that, that is when obviously, you know, um, the Spirit came, came on, on the disciples and they're speaking in tongues and then obviously the church began from, from that on. So the house of God that God has designed, God has in his heart was birthed at that time. And now God has I believe what he has always longed for, dwelling within us, that time has finally came, and he came and dwelled. The Spirit came on his people. 
and we as right now are of that where well, we are in that covenant. And God dwells in you right now. God, who is holy, dwells in you. God, who is holy, he cannot, he will not. It's impossible for God to dwell in something junk. It will not happen. So what says of you and me right now at the moment? A holy God can only dwell in a holy place. That is why he has always had to prepare before he comes. That means that you are holy. That means you and me, we are holy. If God dwells in us right now, that means that you are a holy being. I don't care what you're struggling with right now. I mean, whatever sin or whatever you think you're going right now, you are a holy being. If God dwells in you, Paul says that without the Spirit of God, if, if anyone does not have the Spirit, it's not of Christ. So if Christ is you right now, that means that you are holy. That is the, the Holy Spirit first name is holy. And, and, a, and the Holy Spirit can only dwell in a holy place. And Jesus promised that he will never leave you, never. When he comes, he will never leave. It means that the, the price that he paid, the preparation that he did, nothing is able, nothing will be able to take that away. So no matter what struggle you're going through right now, you are still holy being. And I believe this is where it begins. It begins with us really, really believing this and seeing that. I'm sure there's things that we're struggling with. I'm sure there's things that, you know, we, we messed up with them and feel like, oh, man. And I mean, I hear this many, many times. People talk about, oh, you know, I'm a sinner saved by grace. And, and, and I do get that, where they're coming from. They talk, oh, I'm a sinner saved by grace. And I understand that sometimes it's because they're struggling with something. They, they say that so that it will make them feel, you know, better about, about themselves, whatever. But I'm sorry, no, you're not. You were a sinner saved by grace. That is if you've given your life to Christ. Then you were a sinner, not anymore. Yes, there are things we all struggle with in our flesh. But as a, as, as a child of God, and I, I, I went through all this from the beginning, talking about, you know, a holy God prepare a place for, you know, becomes. I, I said all that just for us to know that, guess what? It's impossible for God to dwell in us if we are not holy. No, really, it is impossible. And I think it starts from us hearing this and believing this and knowing this. Because living right starts from believing right. When you believe right, you will live right. And I think we've got to get this in our being. That if you're giving your life to Christ, then you are holy. And Christ lives in you by his spirit.
This is what God has longed for, from, I believe, from, from the beginning. And I think, I think this is the foundation. The foundation is that we've got to get the foundation right and put aside our struggles, put aside our, our, our things we're struggling with, put aside just the sin that we did yesterday that we regret, put it aside and start seeing ourselves rightly. We see ourselves the way God sees us. Let's, let's put our opinions aside and see ourselves the way God sees us. If we are not holy, God will not be living in us. And if, if he's living in us right now, then it means that you are a holy being in which God lives by his spirit. And this is the, this is the foundation that we've got to get that right. And when, when, when we get that right, I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine maybe like, you know, the th- things that you, you keep on struggling with and maybe the, 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 the temptation came Right, and as, as you're about to whatever you're about to sin, you just realize that oh my goodness, I'm holy. God works in this temple. Why would I do that? I mean, to truly believe that. I mean, starting from I'm not just believing in your head, but you you get that you get a piece. You get it. Wow, I am holy. And then you, the temptation come, and you realize that my goodness, wait, wait a minute, why, why should I do this? God lives in this temple. I am holy. There's a power in that. It's the power in believing, right? And we've got to understand that holiness is not an act of the flesh. Like, we don't do holy. And I, it, you know, I wish I could go. We don't have time now. I should close now. But in all the scriptures, I think I don't think I've seen anywhere where, where people talk about do holy. You know? I mean, yes, you do act, like act live right. In fact, I, I was struggling when I saw this. Every time in the New Testament, especially the epistles, every time that the, um, the apostles give a commandment, like to abstain from something, some, that they always say it in light of who we are. For example, you know, um, Paul talks about you know, the, the Corinthians, they were doing the sexual morality. It's like, don't you know who you are? Your, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Why would you um, sleep for, with a prostitute? Why would you take the temple of the Holy Spirit with a prostitute? So it's not a matter of just, oh, don't, 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 don't fornicate, don't prostitute. You can be aware for it. But don't do that. But don't say, no, no, realize that, guess what? You, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit dwells in you. Therefore, don't do that. So the, every command, I was, I was, I'm shocked, I found out. Every command he gives, if you read the context, it's always in light of who we are. You, you are this way, so don't do that. You are that. See that you are that. And, and out of that, you will not act wrongly sorry that, that, that's not part of my message but I just came out <laughs> so I just Holy Spirit I just pray that we get this Lord I included myself I just feel like we should do like a time of, I don't know, ministry, just pray that. We yeah, ask the Holy Spirit to. Yeah, okay.
I, I think I, we, we all should, should, should be in a place to really see this. And I think it, 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 it's, it's a work of the Spirit, something that God will... And I'm, I'm sure we take time, but I, I really believe that if, if we get there to see ourselves, that know we are holy, not just good. No, Jesus did not come and die on the cross to make good people better. You know, he came to take sinners and make them holy. Literally did. And every time, all, all of our scripture, I wish I got time to show you, but all the scripture talking about holy, being holy, being that's like, you are a holy being. And I pray that the Holy Spirit will really reveal that to us. Something that, because I don't think me saying this will just get you. It just, God has to do something. And I think we should stand up right now. And right now, just ask God to come. Ask God to come right now and just do something what only He can do. So just know, just lift your heart to God. Look to God right now. In your own heart. Father, Lord, we, we come before your throne of grace right now, Father. Lord, I've tried my best to, to speak what I believe you put on my heart to speak. And Father, I just leave this into your hands, Lord. You only can do what you can do right now. So Lord, I lift everyone here, Lord, into your Holy Spirit. Spirit of the living God, call upon you right now to come upon us. Father, take these simple words of mine, Father Lord, and make life to every single person you're ready right now, Lord. Let us see the way our Father sees us. Oh God, let us see the way you say that we want to walk with God. This is the heart cry, Lord. It is your desire. You created us, and your desire is to walk with us, Lord. And Lord, we want likewise, Father, to walk with you. And we pray, Father God, it starts from us seeing the way you see us. So let pray right now, Spirit of Living God, that you will come. Touch every heart right here, right now, Lord. Lord, open eyes to see. Open ears to hear. Lord, I pray for a heart to really understand that, Lord, we are holy beings in which the holy God can dwell in and dwells in. You will never leave us. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for what he did for us. He has made it possible that the holy God can dwell in this temple of us, Lord. So as the holy people of God, Lord, we come before our throne of grace. And we say, Father, Lord, make the truth of who we are as clear as day to all of us. Father, we will walk in light of who we are for the glory of your name. Thank you, Jesus. Right now, I just want to give like this opportunity for people. You know, if I'm sure most of us here are already 
have given their lives to God. So if anyone here, you know, no, I, was, I, was, I was talking about being holy. It's, it's amazing. Like, Jesus died on the cross. The Father came and sent his son. Died on the cross for our sins. That I love the fact that we are no more sinners. Like, from sinners to holiness. That God called us his holy being. That he lives by his spirit. God wants to make you Holy. Forgiving your past, everything you've done, he, he will wipe it away like it has never happened. And he'll give you a brand new start, a brand new life. A life that he declared holy and he will dwell in you. So if anyone here right now, in your own heart, if you want to, if you want to be seen, if you want to be holy in the sight of God, I, just, I pray that Lord you, you will speak to God just tell him ask him to forgive you everything that you've done and he will and he will come in your heart Lord we pray for everyone, anyone here right now Father who does not know you intimately Lord who has not given their life to you Lord I pray Father you will go to them Father Lord in your own heart Lord Jesus you know every one of them you know what every heart is beating for right now and I pray Spirit of living God do what only you can do. Salvation is in your hands and you have the power to save. Thank you. We bless you. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Hallelujah.